Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. You can engage with us on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on our website, www.counterthought.captivate.fm. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Counterthought, a positive mindset. Very excited about this episode because we are going to be joined by Mallory Garshnik. She is a friend of mine from back home and we're going to talk to her about a positive mindset, which she has a daily action regarding a positive mindset called Daily Dose of Positivity. She will join us here in the next few minutes, but quickly, I want to recap, because this is part three of the Mental Health mini-series, I want to recap what happened in parts one and two. So in part one, you may remember that we were talking about the mental health in teenagers and how since the pandemic, in my opinion, it has become an epidemic. And for that episode, we were uh, fortunate to be or blessed with an interview from Hope Eason. Hope is involved in her local community and her church uh, up in Athens, Georgia. And she shared what she has seen through her church community and then what she is doing moving forward, which is creating a, a group and organization that is going to hopefully be implemented for mental health for these teenage, teenagers, for the student youth of different churches um, across our community. And then we'll see ultimately maybe maybe even regional or, or bigger than that. We'll see what kind of success um, Hope has with that. Hopefully a lot because we always want to care for the mental health of our, of our teenagers, of our children. And then in part two, we were joined by Dave Scott. Dave Scott is a counselor. He is the leader of Shade Tree Christian Counseling in Ocala, Florida. And that was a wonderful interview as well. If you have not listened to either of those two episodes, that is episode 29, which is the epidemic of mental health in teenagers, which features the interview with Hope Eason. And then episode 31, which is mental health of adults. And that features the interview with Dave Scott. Both of them, again, phenomenal interviews. I was very blessed to be have them as guests on the podcast. But going back to episode 29, the epidemic of mental health in teenagers, we talked about a couple statistics. And this these came from the Surgeon General's report that was released now, I think, three to four weeks ago, if my memory serves me correctly. But in the 2020 census, there are 72 million total children. 24 million of those are teenagers. And in June of 2021, there are more than 140,000 children in the U.S. had lost a parent or grandparent caregiver to COVID-19. So not only that loss, but then there are also the school lockdowns. And some of those school lockdowns or a version of them, like a hybrid learning, are still going on today. Almost two full years since the pandemic began. And I made the argument or made the case that school lockdowns, school shutdowns for students, or even just going to virtual school and not being face-to-face in a classroom with a teacher and, and your peers has had a detrimental effect. And more and more data is coming out about this as it is being studied as time goes on. 
of what exactly he has done to the children. I mean, think about it. A child goes to school, let's say from nine to three every day, maybe eight to eight to three, something like that, depending on where you live. So about six hours or a quarter of a day for a child, ranging anywhere from, I guess when you start preschool, maybe age three, age four, all the way through age 18. You're taking out a quarter of the day of a kid's, of a kid's day, a day, a quarter, a quarter of the day in which they are not only learning what they need to learn at school, but they are also um, socializing with their friends and, and gaining from those interactions, playing sports. A lot of sports were shut down as well, especially in high schools and middle schools because there weren't the resources to be able to support the athletic programs like there were you know, enough resources for professional or, or college level. And then school, not to mention, is a quarter of the day, and it's also five days a week. So Monday through Friday, a quarter of every of the kids' day, the best part of their day, one could make the argument, is taken away from them. And they're left to isolation and disengaged. And that is just kids who may not have any kind of mental issues, mental struggles at all. And then you think about the kids who actually need that in-person care. Kids who may already have had some type of uh, condition who need that one-on-one, that face-to-face personal interaction from a teacher or an instructor of some kind at school, some type of therapist. And I read some statistics from that Surgeon General's report. I'll recap a couple of them here. Up to one in five children ages 3 to 17 in the United States are reported with a mental, emotional, developmental, or behavioral disorder. 20% of our students, ages 3 to 17, have a mental, emotional, developmental, or behavioral disorder. Between 2011 and 2015, youth psychiatric visits to emergency departments for depression, anxiety, and behavioral challenges increased by 28%. 2007 to 2018, suicide rates among children 10 to 24 years old in the United States, increased by 57%. Recent research showed that 80,000 youth globally found that depressive and anxiety symptoms doubled during the pandemic, with 25% of youth experiencing depressive symptoms and 20% experiencing anxiety symptoms. And then in early 2021, this past year, now that we're in the new year, in early 2021, Emergency department visits in the United States for suspected suicide attempts were 51% higher for adolescent girls, 4% higher for adolescent boys compared to that same time period in 2019, which is pre-pandemic. And then there are estimates from the National Center of Health Statistics that suggest there were tragically more than 6,600 deaths by suicide among the 10 to 24-year-old age group in 2020. That is 6,600 deaths that did not need to occur. 6,600 children took their life, and this is just an estimate, could be more, could be less. 6,600 children, 10 to 24 years old, took their life in 2020. Now, in part two, we talked about adult mental health. Again, joined by Dr. Dave Scott of Shade Tree Christian Counseling in Ocala, Florida. And within that interview, Dave went into 
great detail about adult mental health. Dave said that adult mental health has been issues have been going on for much longer than just the pandemic. But the pandemic was like a hurricane-forced wind blowing over and toppling a lot of trees. And if you don't understand that, the metaphor that Dave used is that we, as if we think of our mind as a tree, a tree has roots. But how deep do your roots go into the ground to stabilize you, your tree, your mental health, so that when strong winds or any type of wind blows across, your tree will stand up. It will be able to withstand those winds, whether that's grief, a life change, despair, depression, anxiety, stress, job loss. How deep are your roots to be able to stabilize your tree from tipping over? I included some additional statistics in that interview. In 2020, 53% of American adults said their mental health had suffered because of the pandemic. That's according to the Kaiser Foundation. Also in 2020, according to OptumRx, which is a one of the top three pharmacy benefit managers, get your prescription drugs. 2020, OptumRx said that antidepressant prescriptions increased by 14% after the initial pandemic outbreak. And then according to the National Council of Behavioral Health, in 2020, 54% of behavioral health programs closed because of the pandemic, so people can't get the help they needed, and 65% had to reschedule or turn away patients. So either delaying the care that people need, or again, not providing the care that people need altogether. So that just exacerbated the, like as Dave mentioned in the interview, and please go back and listen to it, that just exacerbated the issues that already existed with adult mental health, the numbers of adults who say that they suffer from a mental health disorder or some type of maybe various stress responses for their mental health. And Dave also included in that interview that there are many different things we can do as individuals to help decrease the the toll that we are taking mentally. You know, getting out and exercising, being in a community, whether that is just uh, friends and going out for a run or a walk or um, meeting up for coffee or a dinner or a breakfast or a lunch, you know, whatever. But there are things that we can do. And during the pandemic, there were a lot of things locked down that we couldn't do. So that those lockdowns, again, exacerbated the issues that were already existing for adult mental health. And then I had this theory I proposed to Dave in part two, the adult mental health episode, episode 31, tying it back to part one with the children, saying that the mental health of the adults ties directly to the mental health of the children. Because if the adults or the caregivers for these children, the guardians, are not is not to where it should be, then the mental health issues or struggles that the adult experiences, the guardian the parent experiences is going to have an effect on the child. And Dave gave an example of how if we have a cup and we are holding a cup, that cup needs to be filled. Our personal cup needs to be filled. And if our cup is not filled, we cannot pour into the child, the children, so that their cup 
can also be filled. Everything from basic needs, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, everything from safety and shelter to the highest of that hierarchy. If we ourselves as the adults are not capable or are not ready to care for the child because our cup is not full, because our mental health is not to where it should be, then we are going to have a detrimental effect on our children. So as adults, we need to take the responsibility to make sure that our mind is right, that we are driving our roots deeper into the ground to be able to withstand the winds that come into our lives and try to tip over our tree, but it will be unsuccessful. So now with part three, our guest is Mallory Garshnik. She is a friend of mine. Um, I know her from back home. She was a year ahead of me in school, actually, but she has agreed to come on this episode as part three which first we talked about, remember, it was mental health for teenagers, and then part two is mental health for adults. And now we're kind of switching gears looking forward after all this talk about mental health and and where we are with it um, in teenagers and adults and for this country overall, and looking forward, like how what can we do to improve our mental health as one aspect. But Mallory, she has a daily dose of positivity currently going on. And Mallory, I would love for you just to give us a quick backstory of not only the daily dose of positivity, but also just your backstory, your history, and introduce yourself to the listeners. Well, hey, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, And guys listening, he's totally lying. I'm way younger than he is. I'm not a year older than him whatsoever. (laughs) Well, they they think I'm 29, so. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Great. In that case. That's great. Well, it's fun to be here today. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Um, And yeah, share a little bit about Daily Dose of Positivity. So like Brian said, my name's Mallory. I am originally, I'm a dentist. Um, I am a third generation dentist. My grandfather, father, aunt, cousins, like pretty much everybody in my family um, was in the dental field. And, you know, some families talk about religion and politics around the Thanksgiving table and we talk about teeth. So (laughs) that was just kind of how I grew up. Um, Loved dentistry, did that for a few years and um, actually got into the network marketing space um, about nine years ago, originally just to earn some extra money to pay off those expensive student loans faster and um, have some extra money to travel. And as I started building that business and I learned more about the industry and learned, you know, how lucrative the business opportunity can be when you work it like a business and not just like a hobby, I started treating it like a business and not just a hobby. So, um, ended up retiring from dentistry just shy of my 30th birthday, which was not just the other day. (laughs) Um, but so it's been, it's been awesome. So then I moved to Nashville and that's where I met the man of my dreams, my now husband. And we then picked up and moved to Montana where we had our daughter, Posey, and she's now three and a half. Um, But shortly after she was born, we realized we wanted to be near family. So we moved back to my hometown, um, our hometown, I should say, of Ocala, Florida. So um, we are here now and we have a son also who's about a year and a half. Um, And so over the last nine years, I've been in the space of monetizing social media 
and learning how to build a business online. And um, as you guys know, 2020 taught us a lot of different things, right? But one of the things I think it really taught us is the importance of being able to earn an income online. Online sales have been increasing year over year. And, you know, my personal opinion, and probably a lot of you would agree with this, like that's not changing anytime soon. We're not on the trajectory of heading back to brick and mortar, right? So Daily Dose of Positivity was born this summer, again, you know, out of sort of around, um, there's been a lot of, a lot of negativity on the internet, a lot of negativity out there in the world. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are struggling right now. And I was starting to feel as though it was very easy to open up my social media browser and, you know, see, just be inundated with all sorts of news or controversy or whatever the case may be. And I was having to try harder to limit that stuff from my feed and make an extra effort to follow the accounts that, you know, make you feel warm and fuzzy inside and push you to become better and motivate you and inspire you and all of that. So I wanted to do my part, so to speak, and spread love and light and be a positive light out there in what can otherwise be, you know, a a somewhat dark period of time. Um, And so um, I got some feedback from some friends locally. Um, Actually, it was one of my husband's friends. And he, you know, just made a comment to my husband one day while they were golfing. He was like, you know, I love seeing, seeing your wife's posts on social media. Like, I feel like she's just such a ray of sunshine or, you know, delivers such a positive message. And my husband came home and told me that. And he was like, he was like, you really should do like a daily dose of positivity. So the name came up. It was, it was all him. Um, he's kind of the, the brains behind the operation sometimes. Right. And, um, yeah. And so it just, I just, honestly, I just agreed to it before I really thought it through. And I do tend to make decisions pretty quickly. I'm like a go with your gut person. So I was like, prayed about it a little bit. That's, that's important to me and is part of how I, you know, make my decisions um, and really felt as though I was just sort of being called and led in that direction. And so um, without overanalyzing it, I was like, all right, I'm coming live for 365 days. That's a Honestly, <laughs> it's a big commitment. It is. And um, <laughs> maybe I should have started a little smaller, right? Because, you know, there have definitely been days where I'm like, one, I don't feel like it or two, I'm traveling and it's crazy to try to fit it in or three, it's just hectic and, you know, kids are sick or whatever, a lot of moving parts. But I'm proud to say that today is day 172, I believe, um, as of when we're recording this right now. Um, and so, you know, about halfway, <laughs> about halfway there. And I'm I'm really proud of that because it's, you know, there are definitely plenty of days where it is easy, but there are also definitely days where it's not. And it's a commitment that I've made, and so I'm keeping it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the that's that's kind of the backstory. Like that's how it got started. So Mallory, uh, real quick regarding those daily doses, and um, since you're almost at your halfway point, are those are those posted to your Instagram stories, or are they actual um, reels or something else or lives? Like, can other people can, when people find you on social media, can they go back and watch them? Yes. Good question. Thank you for asking that. I should have clarified that. So I go live. So instead of someone binging Netflix, they could binge Daily Dose of Positivity. Exactly. You want to binge some Daily Dose of Positivity, head on over to my Instagram page. Um, It's at Mallory Garshnick. And um, under the videos tab, they are all saved there in a series. So you can 
scroll back as far as you want. I challenge you to start at day one and binge, right? <laughs> but truly, you'll see how far I've come, right? Because when you go back and watch anything that you did, you know, a year or two ago or 170 something times ago, you can't help but get better by doing something over and over, right? Right. That is very true. How would you rate the engagement and the feedback that you've received so far? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. Okay. So I, for the first 110 days, and I remember this so well, I, I almost gave up. Like, I, um, I actually did a video around, gosh, I'd have to look back. It's probably day like 107 or something like that. Um, but it was at least 100 days before I felt as though there was any sort of traction. Um, in my head, I committed to 90 days before I looked at like, you know, insights or before I tried to see, you know, pay too much attention to how many views or how many comments or any of that sort of stuff that I feel like we can put too much emphasis on. Um, I was committed to staying consistent and then looking back and analyzing after at least 90 days. Um, for me, I didn't see a lot of traction until about day 110. Wow, that's a long time. It is a long time. And honestly, it was kind of, um, it was a little frustrating because I would do a video and there would be, you know, five people on live and then it would mm -hmm. maybe get not even a hundred views, um, which I, I have a, a pretty good following on Instagram. At that time I had about 13,000 followers. So to get, you know, a couple hundred views, I was like, what is going on? Right. Right. Um, but reels are super popular and um, it, it just, I don't know, it just wasn't catching on. So at first um, it was a little frustrating, but I had committed to doing it. And I know I keep saying that word over and over, but it's, that's true. That's just what it is. It was a commitment that I made to myself and I was going to keep it no matter what. So um, at about day 110 or so, um, I've, I've also been doing, you know, some reels because those tend to have the most organic reach. Like you can reach more accounts organically with reels than than with posts or with videos at this right. point, right? So my following has almost doubled since about October. Um, I'm just shy, as of today, just shy of about 25,000 followers. And so it's almost fully doubled in the last like two months or so. So my point in sharing all of this is really just to whatever it is that you're working on. It doesn't matter if it's a daily video. It doesn't have to be a daily video. Um, it could be daily activity on your fitness or eating healthy every day or drinking more water every day or you know adding in new supplements or working on your online business or working on a, a goal that you have for your family, whatever it is. It's so easy for us as Americans in 2021, 2022 to want and and look for immediate instant gratification immediate results instant gratification like that is what everybody is so used to you know it used to be 20 30 years ago you had 10 15 seconds to grab somebody's attention right with a commercial or whatever and mm -hmm. now i mean it's down to either fractions of a second or right around one to two seconds to grab someone's attention before they just keep scrolling you know and yeah, um, I remember at one point years ago, it was like when you meet a first impression face to face, which how many first impressions are face to face nowadays? That's a different topic. But it was like you have seven seconds. That's your first impression is seven seconds. Yes. 
yeah, and and you're right. That is a totally <laughs> such a good point too, because very rarely do you have a first impression face to face. But yeah, so I think the the biggest thing overall that this has taught me is to just stay consistent every single day. Because even on the days that you don't want to do it, that's okay. I have plenty of videos that are about like finding the positive, finding the good on the days that you're tired or staying positive through an injury. I had like a a neck injury early on and I was like, how am I supposed to go on here when I'm in this much pain and, you know, tell people and be, be positive. And you guys being positive and finding the good is not saying that there's no bad or there's no sadness or there's no, you know, hurt. Like I'm, that's not the message that I'm trying to portray here. You're not positive because your life is easy. You're positive because life can be really hard. Well, I had, I had a follow-up question for you, but I think you just answered it. So I tend to just ramble like that. You know, you just, (laughs) I was like, well, here's the perfect follow-up question for Mallory. And then you just answered it. So I have a good thing. I have uh, another one for you. So in our prior conversation to this interview, you used the phrase that positivity is a muscle that needs to be flexed. And I think you just uh, touched on it a little bit a few minutes ago, but can you just expand or elaborate on what that means? Um, And I'm glad you mentioned how, like in those first hundred days, and even now there are days where, you know, you don't necessarily have like the best day, but you still are, are committed to this, to this. And it's a mindset to just because you want to be positive uh, doesn't mean that life is easy or you know that your day is going well like there are hard days but you can choose to find the positive in something the good in something so can you just please elaborate on positivity being a muscle that needs to be needs to be flexed absolutely so um what i mean by that is it's not necessarily something that just comes naturally right you have to practice finding the good just in the same way that you have to flex your muscles, work your muscles to, for them to to get bigger, you know, and to develop that like muscle memory, right? So the more like think about like a bicep curl, for example, I mean, the first time we did a bicep curl, I don't know when that was like, let's say elementary school or middle school or something. It's weird, right? And but over time, you develop those muscles, you get stronger, you use heavier weights, and your body remembers how to do it. You don't have to think like if I just handed you a weight right now and I said, hey, do a bicep curl, you would do it. You wouldn't have to think about like, you know, exactly where to put your arm or where to hold your elbow or, you know, you don't have to think through all of the exact mechanics of it. And finding the good and and being positive, I think is a lot like that. Like you have to practice it. You have to like do the things to to build that muscle memory to look for the good. We're constantly, you can rewire your brain, right? Your thoughts. I learned something the other day, 95% of our thoughts are repetitive thoughts throughout the day. We are thinking things over and over and over and they're the same things. So the challenge to that and the question you should be asking yourself is, okay, well, what are the thoughts that I'm repeating all the time? What are those things that I'm telling myself? Am I telling myself limiting beliefs? Am I telling myself that I, I'm not doing this well enough? Am I telling myself I'm unattractive or stupid or you know fat or whatever? What are the thoughts that you are telling yourself? Are you telling yourself that you're poor and you're never going to see success? 
Are you telling yourself that you're a failure? Are you telling yourself everyone around you is better than you? You know, those are the things that like those repetitive thoughts, those become our our feelings and our actions. And ultimately our actions become our habits. And that is what leads to success or failure, right? So switching out, the, like, that's the bad news, right? <laughs> is that if you are having all those thoughts, like <laughs> that's not great. Right. But the good news about that, the good news is that we are in control of what those thoughts are. And when you start to have those those negative self-limiting beliefs and you allow those thoughts to start matriculating your you know in your head, you can stop that and say, "All right, that's not a thought that I want to continue repeating." And you can replace that thought with a thought that you do want to repeat. Whatever that looks like. And so I think, you know, affirmations are so important. There are things that I tell myself about, you know, my success and about my family and about, you know, creating an exceptional marriage and all of these things that are important to me um, in all different aspects of life. Because again, you know, if you're just setting goals or just focusing on one thing, um, it's kind of like rowing a boat with one oar. You're just going to spin in circles, right? So you don't want to have an incredible business at the expense of your marriage and your family life. That's not worth it. Right. So, you know, setting those goals in all aspects, I think is, is really, really important, but we are in control of, of what those thoughts are. And I think a few years ago, I used to think like that, you know, I'm supposed to like that people, people that are positive, people are either positive or negative is, is sort of the belief that I had. And the people that woke up and chose to find the good and um, were people that I enjoyed being around. Everybody wants to be around positive people, right? Everybody enjoys, prefers those people over the negative people. I kind of had this idea in my head that they just like woke up and it was a given and they just didn't have to do anything. They rolled out of bed and everything went their way and everything was just <laughs> simple. And that's not true. It's right. just simply not true. So I'll give you an example of what I did today getting up and getting ready for my day. I, I I think it's very, very important to do the things that, you know, fill your cup. Okay. I think it's so important to do the things that, you know, fill your cup. So for example, one of the things for me, I'm automatically in a better mood when, when there's music playing. So sometimes if I'm getting frustrated or the kids are starting to act crazy or whatever, my husband will all of a sudden just turn music on in the room that we're in. And it's almost like a sign to me, like a, Hey, you need to (laughs) take it down a notch. Like I can feel your, your level rising. Um, so it's way more helpful than if he's like, Hey, you're kind of being a jerk right now. Right. Cause we all know how that conversation would go. So, um, (laughs) right. So, For me, music is really important. So this morning, I I turned on some music, got my blood flowing a little bit. Moving my body is so important to me. So I did a quick, like, ten minute workout. Nothing crazy. Um, I'm not. If you're a huge fitness person, you're like, what is she talking about? How can you possibly work out for ten minutes? But for me, <laughs> it's more about like the getting the endorphins going, like, yeah. than it is the actual like physical workout part. So it's enough for me. Um, but but got my body moving, had some good music playing. And I, I, before I started all of this, I turned on like an oil diffuser that I have in my bathroom, put that on. So when I walked into my bathroom afterwards to get in the shower, I was like, Oh, my bathroom smells like a spa. This is so wonderful. Right. And that immediately made me happy too. So 
it was almost like I had forgotten that I had done it, what, 15 minutes earlier, but yeah, but I did. And it's almost like you plant all these little seeds for yourself to find along the, throughout your morning routine. Right. And so these are all things that I know help put me in a better mood. My faith is also really important to me. So I make sure that I set aside some time every day to, you know, be with the Lord and and pray and be in the word and all of that. Um, and so that's also something that I, I make sure I do to fill my cup because the reality is like, we are in control of that. And just like on the airplane, when they tell you to put your mask on first, you have to fill your cup first because the rest of the world is poking holes in your cup all day and that water is going to drain out. And so if you are not constantly filling it yourself, you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be grouchy with other people (laughs) and your life's not going to be as great as it could be. So I think that that is something that is, I think that's so super important is like taking the ownership of that and making sure that you do the things that you know are going to fill you up. Now, just to clarify, that is the oxygen mask. We are not talking about COVID here, so don't need anybody giving, <laughs> sending me any emails or hitting me up on Instagram about that. Um, She's saying, put your mask on. <laughs> That's funny. So, Mallory, I'm curious to know, because um, I, I asked in episode two, I asked the question of of Dave Scott. I asked him, you know, like, how does the mental health of the adult who has children or a guardian who, you know, has children cares for kids. How does that impact the mental health of the child themselves? So for you with your daily dose of positivity and what you're just talking about with filling your cup, have you seen, or have you noticed how that impacts your family, your husband, your two, your two kids? I know your two kids are real, real little. So, um, that may be hard to notice, but at least like for you and your husband or the relationship between you and your husband or you and other people, focusing on positivity? Yeah. You know, I think it helps me for me personally, it's been a challenge for myself because it forces me to look for the good in every single day. Right. And so, um, I, I'm look, I'm constantly looking for good things that happen so that I have stories to share. Um, and I think that that's, that's been really huge for me personally, as far as like for our kids. So we've got a a 19 month old and a three and a half year old. Um, So yes, you know, they are, they're little, but I do see, I do see this showing up with them. Um, I'll give you guys a couple examples. So with our, our daughters, the three and a half year old, and I'm constantly just pouring affirmations into her. And, you know, telling her that she can do anything. And if you, if you've ever had, if you've got kids or you've ever had a toddler, like, you know, they get frustrated easily when they can't do the things that they want to do. Right. So I'm always telling her, yes, you can, you can do anything, you can do anything. And so the other day we were out playing on our uh, new playset that they got for Christmas. And, um, I asked her, I can't remember how, what it was exactly, but I was asking her if she needed some help, maybe climbing up the ladder or, you know, something like that. Like, can you do it on your own? And she was like, of course I can, mommy. I can do anything. Remember? Oh, that's, that's sweet. That was such like, I was so proud in that moment of her for, you know, you just, you're like, wow. Okay, good. She's listening. It's sinking in, you know, she's starting to really believe in herself. 
Um, and the other thing that we do is um, we created like some affirmations for them, um, telling them who they are, right? Because if, if you don't know who you are, the world is going to tell you who you are, right? And who the world tells you that you are is not necessarily going to be rooted in the truth, right? So I want her to go to school and grow up with the confidence of knowing who she is. And so when anyone else says something to her, like you're a jerk or I don't like you or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. um, she has that confidence to say, no, that's not me. This is who I am. And if you don't like me, that's okay. But the only reason you don't like me is because you don't know who I am, right? Versus the kid who doesn't know who they are and someone tells them they don't like them and they're like, oh my gosh, well, what can I do to make you like me? And you have to like me and right. And that developing that whole like people pleasing mentality. So anyway, we've created a couple of affirmations for her. And of course, as she gets older, we can allow her to, to change these and be who she wants to be. Right. But since she's so young, um, you know, we tell her every day that she is strong, she is beautiful and she is smart. And so those are the things that, and so we, we say that together. And she says, I am strong. I am beautiful. I am smart. I am a child of the living God. And today is going to be awesome. And we yell awesome <laughs> together. Um, and we have them for George too. And he's uh, about a year and a half. So he's learning his as well. But it's such a fun little thing that we uh, that we do together. Um, and and they can kind of yell those things together. And, and we just sort of make it like a fun family activity. But but yeah, I think that's all kind of part of it, right? Like part of raising your kids with to have confidence and to to find the good um, and to to be confident in who they are. I, I'm tr- I'm trying to picture, and I'm sure it's the the cutest, most adorable thing in the world going through those daily affirmations. And me having similar age children, I'm thinking I might steal that from you and uh, start Do do, start doing I that myself. I stole it from a friend. <laughs> Yes, I stole it from my friend Jim Larson. He's amazing. Um, he's a motivational speaker, and yeah, he shared. They actually made canvases with their their kids' words on them, and this is okay. something that Jim's dad did with him years ago. And he shares about this when he shares his story. But he talks about different times in his life, at, in his childhood, when he was bullied, and there was one time that he was like thrown into a dumpster behind the school, and all this stuff, oh, wow. right? Like not so great. Yeah. Like pretty challenging situations. Right. But he was like, I remember getting out of the dumpster, like peeling the banana peel off my forehead and being like, these kids, these kids are missing out. Like they just don't know yet. They don't know how awesome I am yet. And Hmm. I'm like, dang, that's pretty impressive because that is not how I would be jumping out of a dumpster. Like I would be in tears and, (laughs) you know, picturing back to my middle school self, you know? Um, so, and he, so he talks about how that was something that his parents did with him and he now does with his children. And, and again, I love that this is how things grow and are, are shared. This is, this is what I talk about in daily dose of positivity is spreading love and light, right? So, you know, learning from other people and then sharing that with your network so that those people can create ripple effects uh-huh. with their networks. And, and that is how the love and light is spread. So Mallory, I remember way back when I used to have this, I I guess, thought of this mindset that if you only allowed yourself to, to be positive, to think positive, that if any actual like big time hardship came your way, that it would almost be 
a weakness because you didn't allow yourself. And again, this was years ago, didn't allow yourself to like deal with these hardships. Cause it was all, cause to me, in my mind, I was thinking, well, if a hardship came in, it would just be shutting it out and you would focus on the positive and you wouldn't learn how to deal with the actual hardship. But listening to you now, it seems like the positivity isn't a hole or a chink or a weak, a weakness in the armor. It is actually strengthening the armor. Do you agree with that? Or have you had any of those same thoughts or people express that to you? Like, how are you, how can you remain positive and then be ready to handle a hard? Yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good question. Um, one of the books that I just recently read and really highly recommend is the power of positive leadership. And John Gordon in the book talks a little bit about this. And he talks about how all of the people who have made really amazing positive changes in history have been optimists and and positive leadership leaders. And, you know, he talks about how the critics and, you know, naysayers, when they are constantly looking for things that are wrong, like they're pointing out problems, but they're not creating solutions. Right. And so, you know, it's one thing to, I don't think that positivity and, and trying to find the good is just shutting out anything that's bad because I don't think that that's not healthy, right? Like you have to feel the feelings and, you know, and process and work through all of those things. But I think that a, a big part of that is looking like having a clear vision for your future and what you want your life to look like and and working towards creating that life that you love because when you're just pointing out problems and and not finding solutions to those problems you're not going to be moving forward. And so for me personally one of the goals that I have is to always be better than I was yesterday, right? And so in order to to be better than I was yesterday or to be better than I was a year ago, I have to be making forward progress. And pointing out problems or you know um not moving forward is inhibiting me from, from doing that. So I I get what you're saying. And, you know, I, I understand that how that would be something that you would, you know, see as like a, you can't just ignore the big things like a death in the family or a major illness or losing your health or, you know, any of those types of things, they're extremely challenging. Um, But I think we like along those lines with health and, you know, illness and things, I think we know that mindset has a lot to do with recovery. And I mean, the placebo effect is a real thing, right? So telling yourself that you're, you're feeling better, um, telling yourself you're going to continue feeling better, telling yourself you're making progress, you know, all of those things are so important. And our brain is a lot more powerful than I think most of us give it credit for. Awesome. I agree. I, like I said, I think just listening to you during this interview, you've already reshaped that, that thought that I once had about how, if you are always positive, you know, then you can't handle the negative. So I, I see that differently now. Um, and thank you so much for, uh, diving into that and explaining it, um, for not only me, but also for everyone who who is listening to this episode. Well, Mallory, I know we've been talking for a little bit of time now, so I want to move on into the future of daily dose of positivity. So besides the next 100 and was it quick math, like 90 ish days that you have to go, 
what 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 within daily dose of positivity can people look for and um what are you hoping to see come from daily dose as it continues to go on for you know past the six month mark the halfway point and finishes out and finishes out the year um in 2020 yes good question looking ahead i love that so what i'm doing right now we're working on a couple little mini series within the overall series um we just did one uh, a few weeks ago um about where you are going to be five years from now and how to make each day better than the last. It was like an eight day series. Um, we're in the middle of a goal setting series right now, because as we're recording this, this is the end of 2021. Um, and we are setting some goals to work towards making 2022 the best year yet. So I'm working on a couple little mini series within the overall daily dose of positivity series. So that's the first thing you can look for. And the second is um, I'm working on collaborating with a couple other people. So my goal is once a week to have a special guest on every single week and kind of do somewhat like this, like interview style um, and just hearing from some other people who are spreading love and light out there on the internet to expose my network to some other really great people as well. Awesome. I will be tuning in for that. I already watch all of your stories and vote <laughs> in all of your polls. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'll continue to follow along for the next 190 plus days. And maybe there will be a second year of daily dose positivity. I don't know. I don't want you to reveal anything right now. Um, but great stuff, Mallory. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me and coming on and sharing everything and, and sharing so much about the daily dose of positivity and then just um, positivity and the positive mindset as a whole. Um, so can you real quickly just remind everyone again where they can find you on social media? And I will also include your um, social media account handles, I believe is the appropriate term. Um, as an older millennial, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but uh, I'll include those in the show notes. Yes, perfect. So on Instagram, I am at Mallory Garshnik. And um, on Facebook, I'm the only Mallory Garshnik on there. <laughs> so you can find me there. Um, yeah, not a, not a common last name. So that's nice. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, Mallory, so much for joining me and for sharing everything that you have shared with all of us listeners. Please go check out Mallory's daily dose of positivity. It is great stuff. And like we said earlier, uh, instead of binging Netflix, you can sit down and binge the daily dose. And I know speaking just for myself, I look forward to each daily dose that's yet to come. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Brian. Wow, what a fantastic interview with Mallory Garshnik. Please go follow her on Instagram. Get that daily dose of positivity. Again, she goes live every single day. I believe typically in the evening time with her daily dose or, you know, obviously whenever her schedule can allows her to get it into each day. But I've been following it for a little for a little while now. I need to go back and binge watch it, but I've been following following her daily dose for a little bit now and and it is great content. They're not very long, so don't think it's a huge time commitment to just check in each day and get that daily dose of positivity. But please, go check it out, because as we've learned over the this mini-series, mental health is extremely important. And I know it's towards the almost the end of this mini-series, but some of you out there may be thinking, why are we even talking about adult mental health for a podcast that is dedicated to conservative commentary about 
main, against mainstream media, politics, and culture. Well, it's the cultural aspect of mental health. That is where it fits into this podcast. There is obviously mental health issues, I believe, an epidemic going on across all ages, children and adults within this country. And I think that ties back to the culture of America. We're not going to get into it here, but my brother-in-law posed a question to me when I was talking to him about this miniseries briefly a little bit ago, um, a couple, a few weeks back, I think over the Christmas break. Yes, well, what exactly is going on within the United States? Because there are other countries who are just as developed of a nation, of a country like we are, just as civilized, you know, across the pond, mainly over there in Europe, or maybe down like in Australia, New Zealand, or um, maybe East Asian countries and things like that that are just as developed. And they're not experiencing mental health problems like we are in, in the United States. So what is the root cause? What is going on in the United States culturally that is causing an epidemic at this level? And maybe that's something we do in the future. Maybe I bring back some of these guests. Maybe Hope comes back, Dave comes back, Mallory comes back, and and we really talk about, okay, well, culturally, what is going on in the United States that is causing this problem that we're not seeing maybe in other countries, or especially not at this level. So that is where this mini-series fits in. It fits into the cultural aspect of this podcast, because, again, this podcast is about politics, media, and culture. And something is going on within the American culture that should be corrected, that needs to be corrected. One thing I believe is that we are moving farther and farther away from God. Another thing is that we, because of that, or as part of that, related to that, we are focused and consumed on, consumed by the wrong things. There are too many idols. There shouldn't be any idols, right? So that is the angle here. We took this three-part mini-series to address this because there is a greater issue. There is a root cause as to why this is happening at this level in our country. And hope all of you enjoyed the three-part mini-series. Again, it's episode 29, episode 31, and then this episode 32. Please share these with your friends. Share these with someone who, who may need to hear this content a child in the accompaniment of their parent, an adult who you think could be going through a hard time. Again, Dave gave out his contact info. And then for this episode, the daily dose of positivity, let's, maybe that's not the right word, but turn the corner from the mental health issues and start looking to the future to figure out how we can course correct and get ourselves on the right track to make our roots go deeper, to be able to withstand future wins. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and engage with us on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, on the Counterthought podcast page on Facebook, and on our website. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.